Hello family, this is In Christ Alone, your word break for today and we've been talking about the blood, specifically the blood of Jesus. We're trying to understand its significance in our Christian walk and we began by seeing what God, you know, meant when he gave the blood for atonement. The Bible says in Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 that the blood, it represents the life of the creature. So when the blood of bulls and goats, the blood of cows are shed, it is a representation of the life of those animals. And so when they are given, you know, as atonement for one sin, the life of those animals, when the blood is shed, the life of those animals are being given for atonement because the soul that sins must die. But God is giving those things as atonement for the sin of the one who has committed the sin you know and so when we look at jesus shedding his blood what it means is that it is jesus giving his life it is jesus giving his life that is why the bible says that without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins you know the death um, penalty has to be paid and jesus sheds his blood which means that his life is being given in replacement you know, for the one that has sinned. But the fact that it is Jesus whose blood is shed, the fact that it is Jesus, God incarnate, the eternal God, has a very major significance when we are talking about redemption, when we are talking about the salvation we've received as believers. Let's read Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. The Bible says in Hebrews 9.12 that not with the blood of goats and cows, but with his own blood. So he's making a differentiation here that when we are talking about Jesus' blood, it's not like the blood of goats. It's not like the blood of cows. It says that with his own blood, he entered into the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. So the writer of Hebrews is saying that what jesus did because it is the shedding of the blood of the eternal god made man what he did he won for us not just any mere thing but what he's calling an eternal redemption eternal redemption as a matter of fact you need to understand that when god gave that instruction about the shedding of blood and all of those things the old covenant when they made those sacrifices with goats and calves and bulls it was a shadow it was not the real thing what hebrews 9 12 is saying is that jesus did the real thing he took the eternal blood of the messiah he went into the most holy place not the shadow on earth but the most holy place in heaven and there he won for us not just any temporal redemption but an eternal redemption and we're going to look at what that eternal redemption means but i want to explain this further in hebrews 10 the bible says that I mean, let's read. It explains the idea of why Jesus' own is an eternal redemption, why that is the real thing. Let me read from verse 1. It says that, For the law having a shadow, so you see the word shadow comes again. It's the law, the old covenant was a shadow of the real thing. It says the law having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect so he's saying that in the old covenant it it wasn't it could not make the people there perfect 
because it was a shadow. It wasn't the real thing. Says for then would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshippers once purified would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year. Then he says in verse 4, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. So we are seeing that there's a clear distinction between the kind of shedding of blood in the old covenant and the shedding of blood under the new covenant with Jesus Christ. It is an eternal redemption. Now, eternal redemption means that what Christ did for us on Calvary's cross is more than enough. It's far more, much more powerful and able to take away any kind of sin. Any kind of sin in the past, any kind of sin in the present, any kind of sin in the future. There is no sin, there is no depravity, there is no evil that can, you know, that can go unforgiven in the face of the kind of redemption Christ has won for us. If there is any sin that cannot be forgiven, then what we are saying is that what the fall of man in Adam is more powerful than the redemption of man in Jesus Christ. There is no sin that the redemption of Christ cannot win for us. It's an eternal redemption. The encouragement, therefore, for you and I is that we can break free from anything. I know there are many that are bound in all kinds of addictions. I know there are many that are, you know, held bound because of some sin held bound in the in the guilt of you know the guilt of their consciousness because of some past sins christ has won for you an eternal redemption it's an eternal redemption what you need to do is to believe if you have believed if you have accepted him in, in your life if you have you know identified with his death if you have identified with his burial, his resurrection, if you have identified with the shedding of blood for your sake, then you have to believe, be assured that for you, Christ won an eternal redemption. I encourage you to believe it, you know, walk in it, confess it, and break free from the power of any sin or the guilt thereof that has held you bound. This is a liberating word, and I pray that, you know, it, it, it edifies you throughout the day. Have a wonderful day. I come, I'll come your way again. God bless you.